guys. Welcome back to the Radiant Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Chapman, and today I have one of our very own columnists, Rachel, joining us. She is a fantastic writer, one of the strongest women I know, and enamored with the latest health and fitness trends. She is super cool. I love chatting about things like bone broth with her and I'm always fascinated by what's going on in her world. So Rachel, (laughs) introduce yourself. Like I am so excited for our audience to meet you and to get to know you more. I would love for you to start by sharing your story, you know, um, and we can go from there. Yeah. Yeah. So there are quite a few things I think that make me me. Um, one thing I got married this summer and it has been an adventure. And in fact, today is our four months. So that's exciting. Um, I recently just added, Oh yeah, (laughs) a little column to my blog, um, called the newlywed life. And it's just a fun place for me to document some of the exciting things that are happening in our lives and lessons that we're learning. It's, it's been an adventure for sure, a fun one, but we're learning as we go, which I think is is um, custom in any any new season of life, but it's been a sweet season. Um, I am a two and a half year bone marrow transplant survivor, which is crazy that it's been two and a half years. Um, wow. I work full time in digital marketing and I have a true passion for whole living. And I think a lot of that stems from being a bone marrow transplant survivor and being able to, you know, um, teach other women to take care of their bodies and to control the controllable because there might come a day when there are things that happen with your health that you are out of control of. So um, yeah, those are some of the things that make me, me. Wow. Seriously. I'm just so excited for you to share like bits and pieces of your full story because I just find you so inspiring. So obviously, you know, you write our whole living columnist. You are a guinea pig for all things natural like chlorophyll pills, Uh, which I'm sure we'll get into because I love whatever you're trying at the moment and am fascinated to hear your results. But I would love Um, to kind of start with you sharing about your story um, with getting a bone marrow transplant and how you found out about that. Like, I mean, I know bits and pieces of your story, but man, I mean, I can't wait for our listeners to um, hear that because um, it just reminds us that like you, you persevered in one of the hardest seasons of your life and, um, and you did it. And look at you now, look at where you're at today. You graduated college. Was it early during this season? So I would love for you to share about that. Yeah. So I was diagnosed with a bone marrow disease and still finished college in three years and was working full time and finishing up school full time, had to take off work to go graduate all while battling this bone marrow disease. So that's pretty crazy to think about, um, in hindsight, but yeah, I, um, had, I would say for about two years had just felt weird. Um, you know, headaches here and there, fainting spells, not always feeling like myself, but not really knowing, um, what to equate that with. I remember being in college and the typical thing was mono. She has mono. And I was like, guys, I don't have mono. Something is wrong with me. Um, but never being able to really put, you know, your finger on it or be able to tell what it is. Um, but so I went for a physical, um, had some blood tests and just really 
was like, we need answers to what's going on. Um, and it actually ended up uncovering a whole nother layer of what was happening internally. Um, the blood test came back horribly. My counts were so low and I had recently gone through a huge weight loss and had lost about 30 pounds. So I was like, well, maybe it has to do with that. You know, I, I didn't know anything about um, blood tests or you know, low platelet counts or low red blood counts or what any of that meant. Um, so I was trying to equate it all with um, losing weight. And I was like, well, I just lost a bunch of weight. You know, maybe that has to do with it. She was like, oh, no, honey, you're not listening to me if you were to get cut right now, you would probably bleed to death. That's how low my platelet counts were. My blood wouldn't clot. Um, So that was a huge wake up call that, you know, oh, it's actually not mono. Something is very wrong with me um, and very wrong with my blood. So that spiraled into just an entire, almost like an investigation of what is wrong, what is going on. And I went from doctor to doctor, had a lot of really bad experiences and some some points where I felt like Western medicine was really failing me. Um, at one point, a doctor told me I had celiac disease, which as you can tell, two and a half years later, I had a bone marrow transplant. So not the same thing. Just um, <laughs> like had some really interesting experiences, but eventually the Lord led us to a bone marrow transplant specialist where that's what he specializes in. And within minutes of meeting him, him seeing my results in my labs and just kind of um, other test results that I had had administered in the past. And he was like, this is what you have and this is what we need to do to treat it. And it was just like a breath of fresh air to finally have a clear grasp on what was wrong with me. Um, cause my work, my health was declining very quickly to the point where, you know, getting out of bed was near impossible. Um, I vividly remember one morning I was late to work because I couldn't find my keys and I was so tired from looking for them. Like I had to just sit down and rest for like 30 minutes. Um, so it was a, it was an adventure and it was, every day was a struggle, but like you said, you just persevere and it's kind of the hand that's dealt to you and you don't expect at, gosh, I was 20 when I was diagnosed. You don't expect those things to happen to you that young in life for one or at all, but you overcome it. And, you know, I'm, I'm still here to tell the story. Wow. I'm just like in awe because you graduated college in three years going through that. So, I mean, what was that like? Did you have a community surrounding you that like helped you during this season? I know you were near your parents, but I mean, and I also know you ran a marathon after this. Like I, (laughs) I'm baffled at your perseverance and really inspired by it, to be honest. And it, it really puts into perspective the, the things you take for granted and the little health choices you make each and every day and like how value, how valuable treating your body well is like, did this spark your, um, passion for whole living and holistic, um, your quest in the holistic field? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely say that it did. Um, I, I mean, just being so out of control of how you're feeling and even just to touch on what you said about college, um, and the community, I, I've always been a generally healthy 
person. Um, I played sports all in college or not in college, all in high school. I wish it was in college. Um, but just <laughs> see, I was generally healthy. There were seasons where I had a poor relationship with food where I was either malnourished or binge eating, but I think kind of everyone goes through that season of just disordered eating. Um, but yeah, I would consider myself to have been pretty healthy and for that to have happened and to be so out of control of how I was feeling, it just made me want to be even more healthier and to take my health very seriously because you just never know what could happen. And it's not like poor eating choices or poor health choices were the cause of my bone marrow disease, but feeling the way I felt, you know, it is an honor to go to the gym because I couldn't even walk to my car without having to take a break once I got there. Um, so when I'm in the gym and I'm able to work out and, you know, like you said, I ran, it was a half marathon after I, um, after I had my transplant, just to be able to have those victories in your life of even just being able to go to the gym, it's a privilege and it's an honor. Um, and not one that I take for granted. Yeah. Wow. I am just like blown away because, you know, I'm someone that puts off the gym at all costs and it it really is a perspective changer. When you look at it as an honor, like, you know, our health is not something we're entitled to and it's a privilege to get to steward it well. Yeah. Um, So what would be your top tips of like starting small with, um, making healthy changes in your life. You know, obviously um, people listening can always go check that out on your column. But um, for someone like me or people who are beginners, (laughs) what would be your advice? Yeah. Well, even what you said about starting small, I think sometimes we get in these seasons where we're sick and tired of feeling sick and tired. So we, um, we make this huge plan and this big to do, and we go to the store, we get all this healthy stuff and, you know, we're ready. And before we know it, like, you know, no workout has been accomplished and there hasn't been a single vegetable that's been eaten and, you know, things are rotting in the fridge and we try and overwhelm ourselves. And I was a Beachbody coach for about a year and a half. And one thing I would always tell people is like, focus on one thing every week and build from there. So maybe this week it's drinking more water. You're supposed to drink half your body weight in ounces. So let's say you weighed 100 pounds, you would drink 50 ounces of water a day. So focus on that for a week and let that be your goal of hitting that every single day of that week. And maybe the next week you focus on getting eight hours of sleep or whatever your body requires to you know, function at its optimal level. And don't overwhelm yourself. It, it really is starting small and building on that because if you think about it, you have your entire life to, you know, obtain this healthy lifestyle. It is very much so a journey. You never arrive at it. So what's the rush, you know, focus on one thing a week and go from there. And um, so definitely to smart, start small and to put yourself in a community, community that is rooting for you. I very much so, even though I consider myself to be, you know, further along in my health and fitness journey, I still have accountability partners. And every once in a while, I'm like, guys, I am falling off. Like, and like, what have you been eating? What's going on? What are your stress levels like? And it's people that I can trust with, you know, something that's quote unquote, as silly as my eating habits. But I know that they have my best interest at heart and they're going to tell me like it is. And 
you know, sometimes I text them what I eat and that sounds obsessive, but it helps me stay in check. So start small, get involved in a community. And most importantly, there's always grace and there's almost always tomorrow. Um, so while it's not one of those things that you can put off and say, oh, I'll start Monday, but it is one of those things that you can say, you know, today didn't go as planned, but there's always tomorrow. You don't have to throw in the towel. You can start fresh tomorrow and there's always grace to get it right the next day. Man. Hey, that's encouraging for me because I totally blow it. Um, with my mass consumption of ice cream. So, you know, today's a new day. Um, and Halo Top is Halo Top is changing my life, but so is the Kayla It Signs app. Have you have you looked at the Sweat with Kayla app? I haven't looked at the app, but I do follow her on Instagram and I follow a lot of like her, I guess they're her elite challengers of people that have gone through the programs and are ambassadors for um for her app. And I learned a lot from her, even just like the videos that she shares on Instagram. And she's so encouraging. And um, the fact that she doesn't make it always about her, but the life that she's changing, I think speaks a lot to her. So I definitely always, when people are asking for workout programs, I'm like, I haven't done this one, but I've heard great things about it. So I always push them in that direction for sure. Well, I'll keep y'all posted because I'm on day two and I haven't done it yet today. So hopefully it will get done tonight. <laughs> that's awesome. No, that's so awesome. I think that, I think you're going to love it. And another big thing that I would say with any health and fitness journey is just consistency. You know, if you were to walk a mile every day for a month, you'd see results. You know, sometimes it's not always about like what you're doing. It's just showing up and doing it every day. So get in your day two workout. I'm rooting for you. <laughs> I'm going to do it, girl. I'm feeling on top of the world. <laughs> so um, so tell us about all of your fun experiments. Like I know you do chlorophyll and oh, what else is it? Tell us about it because I just love hearing about whatever you're trying at the moment, how it's making you feel, what your thoughts are, and maybe I'll try it after you approve it, you know? <laughs> Okay. Yeah. I, I am the person that I wouldn't even call it like health fads, but if I read about something that, you know, there's research behind it, I'm going to try it. That's just always been how I am. Um, but I do drink chlorophyll morning and night and it's just like a little teaspoon shot and it's minty actually. It's by now foods and it has mint extract in it. So it's not like a grassy, um, taste that you would think it actually, you know, kind of wakes you up. Yum. <laughs> but yeah, it is, it is so green, Kelsey. Like if you bought, if you buy it, you'll see what I'm talking about. Cause you, you know, it's going to be green cause it's chlorophyll, but it, it is, it is so green and it gets on stuff too. Like it easily comes off, but you can always tell when I'm taking my chlorophyll shots. Cause have you, uh, does it like stain your tongue? It does stain your tongue. Um, so I, I do mine before I brush my teeth because otherwise okay. I go to work with um, green teeth and a green tongue. And it, it, it's just, it's so green. I don't even know how else to explain it. <laughs> so yeah. does Joe try these things with you, your husband? No, no. He, <laughs> he, um, he eats, I would say like 80% healthy just because I cook most of the meals and I'm obsessive and pack his lunches too. But I mean, I know at work he'll probably like sneak some candy and stuff, but the chlorophyll and the apple cider vinegar and 
the bone broth. That's that's all me. He has no interest in any of that. <laughs> so bone broth, what does that do? Do you yeah. just boil like a chicken bone or? That is my newest addition. And it's like, it's just what it sounds. It's the broth of organic turkey bones. And I drink it at night before I go to bed. And it has a lot of healing benefits and power. One thing, it helps boost your immune system. It helps with your gut health in general. So keeps you regular. Um, it's a great source of collagen, which is something that your body naturally produces, but could always use more of. Um, yeah, so that's been really, I can't remember what made me start drinking that. Um, but yeah, I drink eight ounces every night now and I love it. <laughs> cool. I'm, eight ounces is quite a bit. So how many turkey, you don't buy the actual turkey, do you? You buy like the turkey bones? No, I, so I buy like, it's just an organic turkey bone broth that comes in like a jar at Whole Foods. Um, that's what I buy. Oh, okay. So you're not boiling these bones That's a lot of bones. No, I don't make like, wow, this is like work. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm not, I'm not making it myself. I'm, I'm sure I could, but. Well, I've seen recipes that like people do after Thanksgiving, especially with turkey bones to make turkey bone broth. But I mean, I was thinking that is some serious dedication each and every week if you're drinking eight ounces a day. So (laughs) does it taste like chicken broth? It doesn't. And honestly, the first time I had some, I was a little disappointed and I'm, I'm not sure what I was expecting. Um, (laughs) Like, I think I was expecting like chicken noodle soup, honestly, but it doesn't taste like that at all. It doesn't taste bad. I will say that, but it's, um, and maybe cause I, I buy it already made and don't make it myself and like season it up how I want it to taste. Um, I'm not even sure what I should expect from it, honestly, but I I will say I went in with the wrong expectations. It's not chicken noodle soup by any means. Um, But yeah, it's, it, it has a very brothy feel and it would probably taste similar to a chicken broth that you purchased that had no sodium added to it. Okay. Interesting. I mean, that sounds like an interesting thing of eight ounces to drink. Does that count as one of your glasses of water a day? I don't know. That's a good question. I drink, I drink ungodly. I need it to. (laughs) I don't know. I need it to count as one of my water glasses a day if I'm going to do it. Okay. (laughs) You got to sell me on this, Rachel. Okay. Seriously, though, your columns sell me on, you know, creating a healthier life. And I want to steward my body well. So thank you for all your dedication in writing for Radiant because I think people do need to, you know, realize it's small steps. And these are a few things you can do each day to um, take a step in that direction and um, really honoring your body. So obviously, you don't just write for Radiant. Um, What do you do? you know, in your other spare time, since obviously you work full time, have your own thing, right? For Radiant, it seems like you probably just have a um, plethora of free time. Just kidding. (laughs) But um, tell us about Rachel Simone blog and what you're doing there. Yeah. So I have just a self-titled blog and have really been focusing the last couple of months of sharing my story and making it an environment where people can come and feel welcome as they are. 
And there are a lot of bloggers that do that very well, but there are also a lot of bloggers that just put up a front and make it seem like they have it all together. And, you know, I have a lot of shortcomings and, you know, I struggle heavily with anxiety and depression and I'm very vocal about it. And I actually posted about this the other day that it's so funny how, and this isn't me trying to brag on myself by any means, but Kelsey, I get complimented so much on being real and being honest. And I'm like, wait, when did that stop being normal? Like, when did it not, like, when was being real something that was... Right. Oh, seriously. It's, it's crazy to me. Um, but yeah. it's so appreciated in a world that is so glossy. Yeah. And my Instagram, I mean, I might post pretty pictures, but if you read the words, there's a lot of honesty there, probably too much. I'm surprised anyone follows me. They're probably like, gosh, is she okay? (laughs) But, um, I just try and make it an environment that's honest and open and allows conversations to be had because you'd be surprised how many me too moments there are where you kind of open yourself up and you share your true heart and your true story. And then it enables someone else to say, Hey, me too. I'm struggling with that also. And I would want that a million times over than for someone to be, you know, commenting that they like my outfit or, you know, that gosh, your life is so perfect. Cause it's not, I, I love my life. I love everything about it. Honestly, even the parts that are ugly and messy, they're there for a reason. So you kind of learn to love them, but it's not all gloss over here. You know, there's a lot of grit and I, I make that very apparent. Um, yeah. So that's rachelsimone.com and kind of how it's evolved over the past couple of months. But yeah, so I blog full time over there. And then also work full-time as um, a digital marketing manager at Herf Jones, which I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but it's the you know class rings and grad announcements and everything that you need to really celebrate your journey. I oversee all of the digital marketing for the high school division, which is, it's so fun. Just being able to be a part of the stories that are being told in, you know, 16, 17, 18 year olds lives, you don't realize how much you care about that achievement until you're celebrating it with them. So yeah, that's, that's what I do. It's so funny because people, they think that I do blog full time or write for radiant or do all that. And I'm like, no, I actually have a, a whole nother job also. So my plate is very full, but I consider myself really blessed to have so many things going on that I truly enjoy. Well, I'll be the first to say that like your authenticity is so appreciated and I think you're right. So many people are yearning for that. Me too. I'm not alone. Um, And when you share about those things and with honesty and transparency, um, it really creates a space for women to feel um, like they're part of something and they have people who understand them and, you know, Um, Even being someone who's moved across the country and having a few friends to begin with when when I moved here, you know, it's easy to feel alone. So when you create that connection, even though it's digital, it's amazing that people really yearn to feel connected with someone and that someone else understands what they're going through. So it is so appreciated. And um, I just love following along with you and um, getting to watch your story unfold because you're great at what you do. Thanks. Thank you. Seriously. So um, 
obviously you just got married. What's it like juggling, you know, a a side business, working full time, being a newlywed? Um, How does that play into your relationship? Yeah. Newlywed life is so fun. And people ask me that all the time, like, what's marriage like? And the only word I can describe is like, it's fun. Like Joe and I, it was so much fun together. And like dinner time is my favorite time of the day. So like you said, like digital marketing manager, write for a blog, write for a radiant, like I'm busy. Um, so it's easy, especially like when you're trying to grow social media and you're trying to engage new audiences, like it's easy to constantly be glued to your phone. Um, and dinner time is my favorite time because there's no phones and I get to really just like hear about his day. And that's, it's my favorite time of the day because he has a very interesting job where he's, um, heavy in customer service and he comes home with the best stories that just keep me dying laughing. So it's a lot of fun. <laughs> you know, like there, it's some crazy stuff that happens, but getting to hear that, you know, I never want to be distracted with a phone in my hand or a screen in front of my face, especially because as many laughs as there are, I do get to kind of hear like, what are some things that are going on that I need to be praying for? And it's a fun opportunity to really, um, really hear his heart and, um, and what's going on in his life. So dinner time is sacred time. He, he leaves for work at six 30 in the morning and usually is home around six 45. Um, I leave for work at seven in the morning. Whoa, that's a long day. It's a very long day. Um, and I, I leave around seven in the morning and I'm usually home around five. So also like his day is much longer, but you know, we both have very, um, exciting jobs, but there, it takes a big chunk of the day, you know? So luckily he works right up the street from me. So we meet for lunch sometimes, which is my favorite part of the day. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you are, you two are so time uh, together because it can be short. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like it. Y'all have got a lot on your plate and, um, I, it, I am amazed at your capacity and your workload for, the amount you work at a day job and then produce at night and then still really prioritize time with him. What's your top tips for, for disconnecting from your phone and connecting with people? Because I think all entrepreneurial minded people um, really struggle with that, especially in those beginning phases of launching your business and creating boundaries. Like I don't need to answer emails at 10 o'clock at night. Yep. I, I would a hundred percent agree about setting boundaries of, you know, one thing that we do is like, if we're, if we're having dinner together, like we eat at the table, we don't eat in front of the TV unless it's like the Super Bowl, like a super special occasion, you know, but we're at our table. Hold on. What about Vampire Diaries? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> then every day, because every I know night, you love Vampire Diaries as much as I do. Yes. Um, but so we eat at the table and we don't have phones. The TV is not on because um, we're in an apartment. So, and it's pretty open floor pan. So you can see the TV from where the dining room table is. Um, so just really focusing on what's important. And so setting boundaries in that capacity, as well as like personal boundaries, but also professional boundaries, like you said, of, 
every email doesn't have to be answered right then and there. And I have an extremely heightened sense of urgency. So I kind of just set a boundary. Like I don't turn my phone off just because I don't, (laughs) but I will say like, I'm not even going to look at email because there does come a time in the day where there's nothing you can even do about it, except kind of stress yourself out until the next morning, at least with my line of work. Um, so I don't even make it a point to look at it after a certain time because it's just going to stress me out. Um, a, a professional boundary that I set, but Another big thing is systems. I I will go ahead and like self-proclaim myself as the queen of systems that you will stress yourself out trying to do everything and be everything to everyone. And life is too short to live that stressed and that high strung. So I have days where, you know, it's in my calendar and it says like, today you work on your newsletter. Today you plan all your Instagram posts. And it's it's, I mean, that just is what works for me. So that's a big thing also is like, yes, setting boundaries, but also giving yourself like a set schedule. So that way you're hustling, but it's productive because you can tire yourself out doing things that don't push the bottom line, that don't matter. Um, and then what's the point, you know, especially if you're not enjoying it. Yeah. What are your thoughts on hustling? You know, it's, it's very, I mean, I'll share my opinion after yours, but it's a very controversial concept. Some people are like, hustle, it's necessary. And some people um, are really anti-hustle at the moment. What would your thoughts be? And especially in relation to your mental health and physical health, like, is it sustainable? Yeah, that's a good question. And I think it comes down to balance because you can hustle yourself to the grave, right? And just be tired and you're running yourself down um, mentally and physically and you just don't feel well. Your body requires rest. So I would not be a great um, whole living columnist if I was telling you to like hustle it out. But at the same time, like, you know, God will let it rain, but you got to put your bucket out there to catch some of it. So I'm a big fan of like, yes, wait on the Lord. His timing is perfect. But at the same time, like I need to be doing my stuff too to get my ducks in a row for whatever doors he might be opening for me. So there's balance. There are some days where, you know, it'll pop up for me to work on my newsletter that day. And I'm like, you know what? This can wait till tomorrow. I am run down tired and I have nothing positive to say or to offer the world right now. Um, (laughs) No one wants the newsletter I would send out tonight. I promise. (laughs) So it's okay to tell, you know, to take a time out. But at the same time, it's like sometimes the places that you want to go in life take sacrifice. And if you do what you've always done, you'll be where you've always been. So a big saying that we have in our house, like we work crazy hours, we're always busy, but at the same time, it's short-term sacrifice for long-term reward. And we always tell ourselves that, that like, yeah, it's long days right now, but look at where you'll be in, let's say five or 10 years, it'll be worth it. Um, So there's a balance and it's delicate. There's like this fine line of like, Yes, hustle your heart out. But at the same time, there's grace and there's rest. And there are a lot of people that honestly air too heavily on that side of grace and rest. And they're wondering why nothing's getting accomplished. And then there are other people that air too heavily on the side of hustling. And they're just running themselves ragged and not getting anything done that's actually productive. They're just busy, busy, busy with things that, like I said, don't push the bottom line and don't matter. Um, so I try and like, to keep myself in the middle, but sometimes, you know, that alarm will pop up to work on some blog posts and I might hit snooze three days in a row. And I'm like, okay, I need to get it together. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, there's a season for running and a season for resting. What would you like? How would you say, since you also are a systems queen, what would you say? How would you determine what you need to kind of table for a while in order to prioritize balance and what you need to kind of hustle with? Yeah, I would definitely like see. And I have a list of five questions that I really ask myself and I wish I had them in front of me because they're they're really powerful. And I got them from another podcast. It's, um, it's by Jen Carrington. I actually got it from you. Why am I blanking on the name? Make it happen. Um, and she asks five questions. Oh yeah. It's so good. Yes. I love, I love everything she has to say. And hers was an interview about productive hustling. And this is what really got me fired up about this because I was the person that was always tired, but nothing on my to-do list was getting accomplished. So I'm like, what am I doing with my time? Um, and I really had to sit down and realize that I was an unproductive hustler. I was always busy, always doing things. When it came down to things that like new blog posts, getting a newsletter out, like none of that stuff was getting done. So really sit down and ask yourself, like, what are the things that I want to be focusing on right now? Like, where does my attention need to be? And also like, what kind of brings you life? Like I enjoy writing. It's something that I get to express myself. I have always loved writing, whether that's journaling, blogging, like just interacting with people like on social media and being able to share pieces of my heart. Like being able to write and share is something I'm very passionate about. So when I'm in a season where I'm not able to do that and I'm busy doing other things, I have to take a step back and say, I'm not doing the things that bring me to life. Um, so definitely sit down, ask yourself questions of like, where am I right now? Where do I want to be? What are some of the, um, the things I want to be accomplishing and, and what am I doing to get myself there? Because you would be surprised how often you sit down and you think about like where you want to be in the next six months or even heck the next five years. And the things that you're working on aren't getting you there. So it definitely takes a lot of reassessment of like, here's where I spent my time this week. It's not lining up with my goals. I need to readjust. Right. Oh man, I need to take notes on this because <laughs> I can totally be an unproductive hustler. Like I do function at high capacity, but I learned this week just, I thought I was a type A person until I sat down with two of my friends who are way more organized than me. And they're like, Kelsey, you're stressed because you're not even using a calendar and you're storing everything in your head. You don't write anything down. And so even like having them walk me through how to use my eye calendar, like that is hilarious that I somehow have made it this far in life. I learned how to use Google Docs and iCalendar this year. Um, (laughs) And it's changed my life. But I mean, I was missing appointments um, because I wasn't writing stuff down and um, starting to feel very unproductive. Um, And so, yeah, I think I need you to come over and help me create a bunch of systems for my life. Sound good? To be like, a systems creator and like personal organizer. And I'll tell you what, I took a leadership class in college and our professor, like, I'm not sure how valid this is, but it really stuck with me. Um, He was like, your brain is meant to think, not to remember things. And he would always tell us like, write things down because you are using your brain past what it's capable of. And again, I don't know how valid that statement is, but it did make me think like I am relying too heavily on my brain when I should be writing things down and referencing them. So I put 
everything in a calendar. And Joe and I even have a shared calendar so he can see what I'm up to also. Um, And it just adds a level of accountability. So I know that I'm not missing things. And I recently blogged about tardiness, which is something that I have struggled with and can still struggle with from time to time. And a big lifesaver for me is when you put where you're supposed to be in the location, Siri will tell you when it's time to leave and what traffic looks like. And that's, that's really because I'm, I'm queen of like, I have five more minutes. I can do this, this, and this. And before I know it, like the event has started and I'm still at home. Um, so that is so mean, Rachel. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, Oh, I'm supposed to be there now. Haven't left. Um, so that's been a big game changer for me is using that location feature in the iCalendar because it, it'll get you there on time. Wow. Yeah. iCalendar is changing lives one day at a time. (laughs) I seriously don't know how I, and I love systems. It's just sometimes I have to have someone else concept the system for me. And so if anyone's listening and like, I don't even know where to start, talk to your friends who do know where to start. That's where I start because really just implementing some very streamlined um, ways to manage your life into your day can really change it. Like my stress levels in a week have changed just by writing things in my calendar. Wow. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. And Man. I said about, you know, ask your friends because we all have our strengths and I'd be lying if I said that, you know, punctuality is something that I am good at because it's not. Um, but it helps to play to your strengths and tap into people where, you know, they might be stronger in things that you're, you're weaker at, you know, and, you might be able to offer something to them that they they're not strong at. So you don't have to be able, you don't have to know everything. It's good to have a circle of friends that you can count on to kind of say, here's my mess. Where can you help me? Yeah, I, I um, really, and this doesn't really play, play into like people you're pouring into, but I love a quote that's like, you're the sum of the five people you surround yourself with. So like surround yourself with people who challenge you and grow you and sharpen you. And, you know, you all offer each other your strengths. Um, and so that you can really add value to each and every person you encounter and spend the majority of your time's life and they can add value to yours. Yeah, that's, that's such a true quote, but also like it can be scary too when you look around at your friend circle and you're like, oh, maybe I need to reassess. Um, but yeah, my eyes were definitely open when I first read that quote of like, you know, I need to be really um, um, cautious if I'm surrounding myself with. And there's definitely room to like pour into people, mentor people and have friends that maybe you don't like take advice from, but love deeply. Um, but you definitely need to have, you know, those, those core people, your home team in your life that really, um, can sharpen you. Yes. I am am of the home team. I love that you said that because it's so important. Um, I always say this, that people are always like, well, Jesus ate with the prostitutes and the sinners and the tax collectors. Yes, that's very true. And he was very open-hearted loved everyone equally. But if you look at his inner circle, it was Peter, James, and John. I promise you those were the right. only people that he was letting whisper in his ear. Um, and I'm a, I love, I love everyone. I don't think I'm above anyone. And I hope that no one would ever think that they're above me and we're all equal. We can have a good conversation and hang out. I, I just, I love community. And I really, as introverted as I am, I do enjoy meeting new people and having those deep, solid, um, interactions and, and connections. But at the same time, it's like, 
I've got my home team and that's who I know is, is rooting for me. They're praying for me. They're on my side and they'll get me in line when I need it. Um, so yes, circle, your inner circle is so key. I love that tangent we just went down because it's so so important. Yeah, me too. Because seriously, like I love, like I really truly believe I can learn something from anyone, you know, someone from a total different walk of life, um, different passions, different interests, whatever. And I can learn something from them and they can learn something from me, but I do have an inner circle that I, um, they have total permission to speak into my life, to correct me, to sharpen me, to encourage me. They get the most vulnerable version of me. Um, and I think that is vital for anyone and everyone. And um, I've had a lot of conversations lately that that can, finding those people can feel like dating and it can be awkward, but it's worth it. Yeah, it is. It always is. It's good stuff. It is so worth it. So I love something you said a minute ago, um, or I, I wanted to touch on it. You're an introvert. What's it like to constantly put yourself out there as a creative entrepreneur, as a blogger, as an influencer, as an introvert, meeting new people, networking? Rachel, I've got to be honest. As soon as I get... I, I'm a major extrovert, but I dread networking. It is like high stress for me. Once I get there... I can work the room, no one would ever know. But I'm like thinking of every reason possible to turn around on the way there. What is that like for you? How do you navigate that challenge? All that jazz. So funny. I, I'm the same way of like trying to talk yourself out of it. And it's funny you said that because obviously this wasn't networking, but we had a Radiant Magazine retreat. And I know you well, but I didn't know anyone else going into this, any of the other columnists. And I'm driving from Indianapolis to Nashville, like four and a half hour drive. And there were so many times I'm talking like I'm in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Like I, it's not too late to turn around now <laughs> because I was so nervous <laughs> and I, I'm very introverted and I can talk myself out of a lot of situations, but I would have missed out on such great community and conversation and just people that get it if I don't put myself out there and I had the time of my life at that retreat. Um, and that's just like a recent example, but it's hard being introverted, but you have to, you have to put yourself out there. And I will say this, like I'm not a beach body coach anymore, but I was, and networking is a huge part of network marketing, believe it or not. And you have to, um, you have to (laughs) relationships and it's something that I didn't think I would be good at, but gosh, now I feel like I can strike up a conversation with a rock because you're able to just find a connection and go from there. And you'd be surprised how much you have in common with people when you just put yourself out there. Um, And it's it's always worth it. I'm actually like writing a blog post now about putting yourself out there because I'm like you and moved from Texas to Indianapolis. And Joe is really my only friend up here or he was. And it's easy to go home, turn on Vampire Diaries and just zone in (laughs) and like stay in your comfort zone, but nothing good happens there. So putting yourself out there, it's hard. It's so hard for an introvert. Like I know how hard it is, but I know that I can't, I can't reach my goals. And most importantly, I can't reach people in my bubble. And I really feel like I was put on this earth to bless other people with my words and to be able to allow God to speak through me. That's something I'm very passionate about. And if I am so caught up in my own shortcomings and 
well, I'm introverted. You know, Moses had a stutter and look what he was able to do. So we have to look past kind of shortcomings, like whatever, whatever we feel that they are, you know, and let God use us. So I, I don't let my, me being introverted, hold me back, even though I'd like to, I'd like some days to be like, God, I, I don't actually want to do this, but it, nothing good ever happens. Nothing good happens when you say no to God. (laughs) Hey, that's so true. Wow. I'm encouraged by that because yeah, I, I resonate more on the extroverted side. The older I get, the more introverted I feel sometimes. I don't know if it's how I cope with overwhelm, but um, it is always worth it to put yourself out there. And we all face rejection. Like I've faced it. I'm sure you faced it, but it's still the benefits by far outweigh the negative aspects of putting yourself out there. Yep. Yeah. And it's just a part of life and you learn a lot from your nose. You know, I, I'm in a season of like hustling and doing a lot of like just cold emailing people and yeah, there are some great yeses and wins, but there are some no's and you, you learn from those too. So everything is a learning opportunity and you're able to grow and, and learn from them. So biggest, biggest lesson is just putting yourself out there and knowing that good things come from it when you do and that it's always worth it in some capacity. Girl, man, can I put you in my pocket and you encourage me and walk around with me every day? That would be great. Um, But anyway, so I am so, I just love getting to talk with you because uh, we can go deep, but we can talk fun too, which I find deep very fun. (laughs) Tell me about your favorite things right now. What are you reading? What are you loving? I know what you're watching, but tell us about it. (laughs) Well, I referenced it about three times now, but I am watching (laughs) Vampire Diaries and I am obsessed obsessed with it oh I have vampire diary like dreams it's it's so good it's so good and um I'm an addict right now but I am obsessed with it I am and it's one of my favorite shows I'm watching right now um big how to wait how to get away with murder person as well as (gasps) blackish me too yes That's like That's like our Friday night tradition of like coming home, either having takeout or maybe I'll, I'll cook something up really quick. And we just get on the couch afterwards and we watch How to Get It with Murder and Blackish. And then I fall asleep on the couch and then he lets me lay there for a little bit. And he's like, go to bed. Like it's like every Friday, it never gets old. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> that is my kind of Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's some of the TV that I'm watching. Um, Reading, I'm embarrassed that I'm not reading anything right now. And I, I say I'm embarrassed because I love to read, but I I just haven't made the time to. And I hate when people say I don't have time because you, you have time for the things that you make time for. And I haven't made it a priority. So like the typical cliche answer, but all I'm reading right now is the Bible. I mean, it's all you need. Hey, but seriously. <laughs> I mean, I go through kind of seasons of reading. Do you? Like, I go through where I will devour books, and then I won't read for like a month or two. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely in the month or two season right now. And it's funny because um, when we fir- when I first moved here, I was very passionate about like, I love library books too, because I, I love renting. Um, but I was like, I need a library card. And gosh, I was there probably like every week. <laughs> It just like turning my books in, getting another one. Um, but it's it's been a hot minute since I picked up a good book, and there's so many good ones out there right now. I don't know what's I don't know what's stopping me from just 
diving in because I've got, I do have the time, you know, so I, maybe this is my motivation to get back into the, into the reading scene. Yeah. From what's on your plate, it sounds like you've got all the time in the world. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) Um, Well, I will pass along some good book references when you're um, back into the reading world, but I totally go through um, seasons of not reading. I mean, it's kind of like pulling teeth to get me to read right now. And I absolutely love to read. So I totally get it. Um, Well, Rachel, what would you like to leave our audience with? Where could they um, find you online? How can they keep up with you? Because I know people are going to love you just as much as I do. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. Um, I blog at rachelsimone.com. That is S-Y-M-O-N-E. And I, like I said, I love sharing my heart and I love connecting with people. I never want, I never want someone to feel like they come to my page and don't get a real glimpse of who I am. Um, Cause I've been through a lot as you guys heard. So I love being able to share what God is doing in my life and where he's taken me. Um, I'm on Instagram. It's Rachel Simone blog and love, love sharing pieces of my heart over there as well. Yeah. That's where you guys can find me. Well, Rachel, I, um, love you and I'm so thankful for your part in the radiant team. You are like our rock star for the whole living column. And I am just honored to know you, to be honest. So thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. I feel like it's a more appropriate response, but yeah. It's- <laughs> Rachel is the coolest. Am I right? I'm so glad you guys got to tune in and listen to our conversation and learn more about Rachel. As always, you can keep up with her at her blog and on her whole whole living column here at Radiant Magazine. We are so excited that you get to join us each and every week. And we love to keep up with you guys on social media specifically Instagram. So you'll have to go join our Radiant Tribe over there. If you love this podcast, please be sure to leave a review because that means the world to us and allows us to get seen and heard by new faces um, because we always love a bigger and broader community that we can encourage and equip with these inspirational interviews. As always, the amazing song you hear every episode is by Kayla, our Becoming columnist, and you can find her on iTunes, and it was produced by Christian Sager. Until next week, you guys, have a good one. Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call? Yep, that sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to betterhelp.com slash save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus, it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through betterhelp.com slash save. Betterhelp.com slash save. Got it. 19, 20, 21. For everyone's safety, Vermont requires a seven-day home quarantine with a negative COVID-19 test to visit this winter. 28, 29. We're also recommending you take the time to do some extra squats and lunges. 34. With reduced lift and lodge capacity, you're going to have more time to spend on the slopes. So get your legs ready. 40. Vermont in winter. It's worth the wait. One. For full COVID-19 travel guidance, visit vermontvacation.com. Five. Six.